Anybody, anybody have any guess? If, if I have a bee in my hand, what is in my eye? <laughs> when you hear it, you're going to groan. But anyway, beauty is in the eye of the bee holder. <laughs> that was my daughter's. She loves those kind of jokes, Christina. And she's not even here this morning to hear me say it. But uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Beholder. You'll probably never hear that saying the same again. When I was, Tim called me um, Wednesday, said they were going to be going up to uh, the hospital to get induced, and he wanted to know if I would bring the message. And man, I'd, as soon as I seen that message, my, I mean, fear just shot to the roof. <laughs> And man, I was, it was it was tempting to say no. And I thought, man, I can't I can't let Tim down. And um, I finally finally told him I'd do it. And you know how it is when you when you when you start to try to gather your thoughts. I told Tammy it's a little bit like trying to herd chickens. I mean, they're just all over the place. Um, and then when you finally get to where you want them to be, there's only a few left. And uh, I said this morning it feels a little bit like they all sprouted wings and none of them were there. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you here what I, what I felt like God has impressed on me for a number of years. Um, have, you ever, have you ever went shopping for a car and you, know, you weren't sure really what kind of car you wanted to buy, but... Uh, you found this car that you really hadn't noticed before. You, you look at it, you get in it, um, you, you, you really like it. And so you, you tell the salesman, I'll go home and think about it. And then on the way home, all of a sudden you see all that kind of car all over the place. You see, I mean, you didn't realize there were so many around. The subject I'm going to talk about today is a little bit like that. Um, once you once you notice it, you see it all through the Bible. It's it's filled with it, and it's it's. Uh, I I chose to to call it living a lifestyle of gratitude. Um, it's it's the Bible is it's interwoven throughout the Bible and the Gospel. You really can't separate it because it's and it's a close cousin, whatever you want to call it, to joy, love, and peace. You really can't separate it from any of those. Gratefulness is um, it's an inoculant against pride and self-centeredness. Think about it. Um, gratitude in itself says, I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing that I've received something from someone else. It takes your focus off yourself. Onto, onto other people, onto, and, and most of all, upon God. And um, it, it inoculates you from being a victim. Um, how many people know that, you know, victims like to complain? Victim, I mean, I, I'm saying in victim mentality. I'm not talking about a victim as in something they couldn't control, but a victim mentality. Where you're every everything's against you. And it's 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 a it's a it's a mentality that you have. Being thankful, you you can't have that anymore. 
It inoculates, of course, obviously complaining, and also a poverty mindset. God, or Paul t- tells us that, or Peter tells us that Jesus has given us everything we need for life and godliness. There's no lack in the kingdom. We, we have everything we need. We, we can live from a wealth mindset because there is no lack. Um, it may seem like it at some times, but there is really no lack. God has given us everything that we need to accomplish what he's given us or what he wants us to do. It's a path to peace and a life, and a life shield from anxiety. Um, I want to read a verse in uh, Philippians. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Gratefulness isn't something that you just kind of get. You can't lay hands on somebody and give somebody gratefulness or thank us a heart of thankfulness. It's something. It's a. It's a. Um, it's a virtue that's practiced. It's a decision to make. It's a. It's a mindset that you. I. I. I appreciate it partly because, you know, when you get when you get kind of discouraged or when things seem off, you can. This is something you can choose to do. You can choose to be grateful. Um, and a lot of that is focused on what you're looking at. Um, it goes back to the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, it's something that you have to grow and mature in. It's a, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised. It takes practice, and it takes being intentional. It also can be contagious. I don't know. You, you've probably all been to a place where the, you know, the, the, everybody was complaining about everything. And, you know, first thing you know, you're trying to see if you can one-up somebody. And, and uh, farmers are known for that. You know, when they get together, nothing's right. You know, it's too dry or too wet or, um, you know, don't have any money. And, and, of course, everybody's driven there, and they're almost brand-new pickups. But, uh we and i i recognize some of the some of the fun that we like to you know say how bad we have it i'm not really talking about that i'm talking about a mindset that we that we fall into that we just cannot see the bigger picture tim was saying that up at the hospital he um he was just, he just remarked at how Glad everybody seemed to be there, the employees. They all seemed to have this mission. They were thankful to have their jobs. They were thankful to be able to, for the opportunity to serve. And Tim said how it made him, he was just glad to be there. Um, I think he had struggled with the whole idea of driving all the way up, you know, to a hospital that wasn't close. But when he, the, the attitude of the, the atmosphere that they created there made him glad he was there. Um, gratitude is something that we can that we can bring to an atmosphere Um, because you know there's nothing like quite like a genuine heart of gratitude that will change an atmosphere Jesus lived a lifestyle of gratitude 
He lived a powerful life. And when I say powerful, I mean that he didn't allow circumstances or people to affect what he did or how he reacted. He was, he was in control of himself. He didn't, thing, things didn't control him. He controlled himself. Or he didn't control other people either. Think about um, when he, when he um, broke, when he fed the 5,000, he, um, he gave thanks, and then, then he broke the loaves and fed the, the multitude. A lot, of, a lot of times, a miracle will, will um, a thanks will precede a miracle. When, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he, he first of all, he thanked God. When he was in the, um, the upper room, and he shared the bread and wine with the disciples. He shared, that, that in itself is called the Eucharist, which means to give thanks. It's grace, thanks. And then he went, and, and that represented his body and blood, which preceded the miracle of new birth. Think about when Jesus was after he was risen, and then he was on his way back, or some disciples were on their road to, the, to Emmaus, and Jesus met them, and they, they had spent three years with this man, but they didn't recognize him. And so they walked with him, and they finally recognized him when he gave thanks. That's when they recognized him. So Jesus must have lived a life that, that exuded thankfulness, and that's what made them recognize Jesus was the way he gave thanks. I would, have, I would have loved to see how he gave thanks when he was getting ready to feed the 5,000. What did he pray? You know. What are we really saying when we complain? What are we advertising when we complain? I think what we're really saying is, God, you're really not all good. It, it displays a lack of trust. It really says, I don't, I don't think you've really got my best interest in mind. Um, think, about, think about a child that complains. I mean, that's, that, children, I mean, you want to talk about complaining, it's just natural. Um, it just comes. I mean, and really, what, the, what they're whining about is the fact that they don't feel like they've got their fair share. They, you know, they look at somebody else, they got more. Um, they're not, they're, they're, they're saying you're, you don't have, you're not looking out for me. You're not all good. You know, you might say you are trying to be fair, but you're really not. I'm not saying that we don't, um, the word, we don't say hard things that we don't that we ignore things we don't say um, you know when somebody hurts us we don't say well I'm just thankful you didn't murder me um, there's a difference between giving somebody information and and complaining um, there's a difference between complaining and lament lament to me um, you know we we see a lot of laments in the Psalms lament to me says God, you're good, but this don't feel good. This, you know, what's going on here? But, but at the heart of it, at the core of it, is still a belief that God is good. So this doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up. Can you, 
can you give me more information? Or I'm, I'm giving God information. And even sometimes you might think that God isn't fair. But there's, there's still a difference when the core value, the core belief is that God is good. Complaining is, is saying, is questioning a lot. God, you're not good. And it's accusing God of not being good and fair. It's, it's really easy to be grateful when things are, well, are going well. But what about when things are not? And most of us know that things don't always go the way we'd like. Even daily, um, there's thousands and thousands of things that irritate us. Um, St. John of Avila says, One act of thanksgiving when things go wrong with us is worth a thousand thanks when things are agreeable to our inclinations. That's when it gets tough, is how do we maintain an attitude of thankfulness when things don't go the way we like, when, when, when spouses leave, when, when we're, when we face with a terminal illness, when our, when our children don't follow God or when, when things aren't, when they're, there's not always little, I mean, it's not always little things is kind of the little irritations. And then there's the big things. Um, but the Bible says, in all things, it doesn't say, um, well, yeah, accept or give qualifications. If it's bad enough, then you don't have to. <clears throat> There's been studies done by secular people that, that they've taken one group of people and said, you know, they want you to uh, write down three things that you're grateful for, really grateful for every day. I mean, this is a secular study from Harvard. And... Then they took another group and said the three things that irritate you every day. And I'm not sure how long, long it went, but um, when they came back, I mean, it was a marked difference that the group that wrote down the things that they were grateful for had fewer doctor visits. They were much happier with their spouse. Um, they were generally healthier. And uh, we, we know that. I mean, it, it, it seems obvious to us. And it's, you know, it seems obvious, well, well, God made us, he knows what works. So that's why he, he tells us to be thankful, he tells us to be grateful. But how do you do it when things are, and I've been there, I mean, I, I absolutely know what it's like. You know, there's times when you want to you wanna hang on to your, whatever it is that's, you know, makes you aggravated. Um... Not too long ago, I was real. I was trying to get some soybeans cut, and um, it had been raining a lot. And finally, it got dry enough. And if you know, if you you know, you got to get it when it's dry. And so, normally, when when it finally dries off, that's when everything happens. And so, it was it was one of those days, and um, <laughs> and I was just really ticked and it was a nice dry evening. I mean, I could cut late and, and man, things weren't going well. And I was, I was okay. And, you know, the more in a hurry you get, the more you um, get careless. And so I ran into something, knocked my head and, and fell right down. And, and, uh, but I was, I was doing okay until I came home and seen Tammy. And, um, all of a sudden everything, it wasn't her, 
but uh, everything welled up, and I wanted to let somebody know that I was irritated. And <laughs> no, I wasn't irritated at her at all, but it was just like, man, you need to pity me because I'm having a rough day. And I don't know, what, what is it that makes, it, makes us do that? I don't know if it's a, if it's a grab for a little bit of control. Um, you know, we feel out of control or we feel powerless to do anything about the situation. So, you know, whining and complaining about it, I don't know. I'm not sure why, really, but it, it does. We all, we all know what that's like. But being, being able to be thankful, Bill Johnson says, thankfulness takes the sting out of something that was meant to harm you. James, James tells us to, be, to rejoice when we face different trials and tribulations. Um, I, don't, I don't think we need to be thankful for the, for the thing but what we can be thankful for is we know what it'll produce. And that's what James says. We know that, that, that it'll produce faith, hope, um, and it'll, it'll mature us. It'll grow us up if we allow it to. But I think thankfulness is kind of the, the key place where we begin, where we start. Um, thankfulness really is something we can step into. It's It's a... It's an action that we can do. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's necessary at times to be able to step away from the situation in those, in those hard thankfuls, in those hard thankfulness that we, we need to do. It requires... It requires a certain it requires faith. There's no way you can be thankful unless you have an element of faith. When you when you're in a situation and you can't see anything good in it, you have to have faith to re, to um to be able to see the bigger picture, to be able to see what what God may be doing even if we can't see what he's doing. It requires a trust in our in our heavenly Father that he is a good father. When we when we are grateful, you know I, I've been I've been in those situations where you're able to step back and look at the situation differently, and all of a sudden your attitude changes, and nothing really changed. I mean the trouble and whatever was aggravating me was still there, but we don't change what we see, only the way we see, and so we see a different perspective. We see from a different perspective. Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Someone said, Faith is the gaze of the soul. When, when David wrote this, I assume it was David, um, you had to go to a place. You had to go to a to the temple, and that's what he's talking about, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. That's where heaven met earth. Um, today, we, we are the temple. So we're able to take the beauty of the Lord wherever we go. We're able to, to, to see that wherever we are, in whatever situation 
we find ourselves. And thankfulness seems to have to start with what we behold. What, not, not just what we behold, but how we see it. Psalm 100 says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Is there really any other way to enter his gates? You know, the, the, um, to really enter God's presence, it seems almost, it seems hard to think, to imagine not being thankful. And how many, how many of us have been, um, doesn't seem to take much sometimes to get us out of that. If you think about going back to a child again, and you're, you're wanting to give them something, and you're wanting to give them part of yourself even, or share part of your self with them and they're ungrateful it's hard really to continue to give them anything even to give them your time they're they're ungrateful they're they're it's like they have an umbrella or a covering over their head and they're they're fending off everything that that you're wanting to give them and um i think we're like that a lot of times when we we were ungrateful we're god's trying to get our attention trying to speak to us but our ungratefulness is kind of keeping us from, from really receiving any of that. And I think thankfulness is the container that we can use to host the glory or presence of God. It's what brings us into his presence. So why is it so hard? Why is it so easy to... You know, I'm sure... You know, I've been there. Um, you have, you start off your day good. Irritations come, and you allow them to to cause you know anger or fear or or whatever they whatever they do. And the first thing you're complaining. I don't know if anybody has any answers or not. <laughs> but like I said, thankfulness is a muscle. I like to think of it as a muscle that needs to be exercised. And, and a lot of times, exercise is hard. And sometimes, um, you know, when you're lifting weights, you can do it one time. But it's, it's the last time that really does the most good. It's the, when it's the hardest is when it does... The most good, really, for, for building muscles or whatever you're wanting to exercise. Um, there, I read a book called 1,000 Gifts, written by Ann Voskamp. And uh, I read it about five years ago. And in, it, her story is... Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with her story or not, but when she was a little girl, her um, her sister was run over by a, a truck in their yard, and um, it just it just affected their family. Um, you know, they 
it was uh, it was traumatic. You know, she she had these memories of her little sister, you know, in, in a blanket that was blood stained, and and um, the the delivery truck driver was he was you know was just crying and crying because he didn't see her, and uh, it was a tough situation. She struggled for a long time with that, just of trusting God, and you know, is he a good father? Is he a good God? Is you know. Her father became bitter. Her mother ended up in a psychiatric ward at times. and um, She was, somebody had given her a dare to start writing things down that she was grateful for. Um, so she started, and she didn't even realize how much it was changing her until one day um, her husband said something about it. You've changed. And um, she didn't tell anybody about the, the list she was writing. But it was, it was starting to show. Because instead of being so irritated at every little thing and, and reacting in anger, she was, she was stepping back and seeing a bigger picture. She was finding, finding beauty in small, everyday things. And things, you know, just the everyday of a, of a housewife that she was involved in. She was able to find beauty. And, and she progressed to, to more and more layers of, of things that she had believed as a girl that, that kept peeling off of her. And so I was challenged at that point to start writing, you know, start, start my own list. And I got, I don't know what happened. I got to about 30, I think. <laughs> and uh, it was harder than I thought. And, uh, but, but I'm kind of glad for this experience because I, I really, I read the book again because I thought, ah. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll read it again. And so I want to I wanna take up that list again to exercise this muscle of being thankful. Because, you know, we, can, we, can, we need to exercise it. It's, it's vital to our Christian walk. Um, so what are we going to behold? What are we going to... Two people can look at the same thing. One person can see problems. They can see, um, they can see a broken person, and they can think of all the things that cause that. They can, or, or another person can look at that and see an opportunity for God to, to work, see an opportunity for God to be made manifest or strong in their life. So how are we going to view life? If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, how, what are we going to see when we look at life? I think thankfulness is a lens that we can view life through. If it, it changes how we see things if we look at it through a lens of thankfulness. So with that, I'm done. And uh, we can stand for prayer. And as usual, if anybody would like prayer for anything, uh, you're welcome to come forward. But there's a fellowship meal over in the fellowship hall. And uh, so we invite you to stay for that. And um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just being a good father. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you never change that you are good, 
thank you for inviting us into the family. And as we think about this season, we thank you that you emptied yourself, came to earth, and brought peace to the earth to redeem mankind to yourself. We're, we're so... We, Sometimes we can't even find words to express. Lord, I pray that we would, we would develop lives of thankfulness, that we would develop attitudes of thankfulness, that it would be contagious wherever we go, that we would recognize when, when, when atmospheres need to be shifted, when they need to be changed. Would you remind us when we begin to complain? what we're really advertising. Lord, I pray that you go with us, or we know that you will go with us. We thank you that you are. We thank you that you're always present. We thank you that we get to be the temple that you dwell in, that you indwell us. Lord, help us to be reminded of that as we go through our days, as we go through our weeks, as we interact with people, as we have um, things that irritate us or remind us that you live powerfully, that that we can live powerfully, that we don't have to be controlled by circumstances. We don't have to be controlled by people. You've given us the freedom to be in control of ourselves. In your name we pray, amen.